Patrick Ahoy there. Nick Cage. And don't pretend like you don't know who I am. What do you see? We cut the chit-chat a-hole. All right, I'm a little tired, a little wired, and I think I deserve a little appreciation. Shame on you! I lost just a little bit of control there, but now everything's cool. What up and welcome to Or Whatever Movies. I'm your co-host Iris and I'm here with my older brother. Wesley, and today we're talking about my big fat Italian wedding to this guy or maybe the other guy. That was kind of your... Joel Silver? Yes. Yeah. You didn't even say the mo- the name of the movie. Nope. What's the name of the movie? Well, what are we talking about here? Moonstruck from 1987. And part of Nicolas Cage Month. What, what? Wes, had you seen Moonstruck? I hadn't seen Moonstruck, which is why, as we discussed, we put it on the schedule. Because it's one of the only Nicolas Cage movies, I think. Well, actually, no. There are quite a few Nicolas Cage movies in the past (laughs) 20 years or so that I didn't see. But Moonstruck is a big one. Uh, Oscar winner for Cher for Best Supporting Act. No, for Best Actress. Oscar winner Olympia Dukakis Best Supporting Actress. And I was like, this has got to be a thing. Was there a, an award for Olympia Dukakis's hair? Because that was epic. Really? I don't know, actually. Was it more epic than Cher's hair? There was a lot of hair in this movie. Yeah, I was like, look at that wig. And Kelly's like, that's not a wig. That's just Cher hair. <laughs> and for some reason, she wanted to tame the Cher hair for Johnny, but she like let it go all wild for Ronnie. Yeah, she was moonstruck. She was wild. And what, pray tell, does moonstruck actually mean? I have no clue. I was like, this is one of those romantic comedies like Serendipity or something, or just love is in the air <laughs> everywhere you look around. I'm pretty sure it means crazy. Does it? I mean, that, that makes more sense. Well, you know that lunatic or the origin of the word l- lunatic comes from the moon. Right. Supposedly, if you look at the moon for long enough, you go crazy. Moonstruck. Adjective. Mentally deranged. (laughs) Supposedly by the influence of the moon. Crazed. And two, dreamily romantic or bemused. A.K.A. crazy. And I get it now. Because at first I thought, (laughs) well, there's like Cosmo's moon or whatever. Right. And then like it makes people feel all dreamy and lovesick and and people like form these connections and bonds and stuff and but then i was like these people are stupid and why are they stupid because moonstruck is crazy look this movie must have some placating effect on people when they saw it in the late 80s they were like it's like it's a great movie you know like it's about the moon and people are in love and it's just beautiful you know but in new york yeah but i i i mean talk about poor choices man who made poor? You mean all the people in love made bad choices? Let's talk about Cosmo's moon and Cosmo being like the biggest douche ever. Yeah, Cosmo's kind of douchey. And in terms of his acts, they were the least redeemable. I mean, Cosmo was was having an active affair with um, Mona. Mona. Olympia Dukakis' Rose Castorini character may have had some emotional infidelity. 
with the Perry character who, I don't know, I guess he was kind of reprehensible. What's your point here? That all these people were crazy? Right. I'm saying there's Moonstruck either means crazy or romantic. And there was a lot less romance than I expected in this movie. I think everyone was crazy in this movie. And I'm trying to understand the appeal of people, why this is a classic and an Oscar winning classic. And what I saw as a noteworthy inclusion in Nicolas Cage's filmography and for Nicolas Cage month that I hadn't seen. And I was like, there's got to be something to Moonstruck. And I just passed over it. I mean, there's an awful lot of romance. Maybe what you're saying is that the romance didn't hit for you. I didn't get it. Much like the Loretta Ronnie love story for me. Like, I think that they didn't have enough on-screen chemistry to really sell that they had this kind of cosmic connection. What cosmic connection? That seemed to happen and escalate really fast. Yeah. Like, first they were arguing, and then suddenly they were doing it. What? Yeah, it's like, I lost my hand. I lost my bride. And he goes away, and the lady's like, that is the most tortured soul I've ever seen. And I'm completely and totally in love with him. That's got to be, like, the, the thing for women or whatever. Because he goes all nuts and, like, turns over the table and smooches her. And she's like, I don't care. I don't care. Let's go to bed. Because she told Olympia Dukakis that she didn't. Do you love him? No. That's good, because if you love them, they drive you crazy. That's talking about Johnny, of course. Yes. But still, when Johnny proposed, she was like, okay, let's do it. And I I don't understand. Like, she's like mature or whatever. And she's like, you know, I'm older and my husband got hit by a bus. But uh, (laughs) she's going to do the thing. And she is just headlong into everything. That's why she and Nicolas Cage in this movie are a perfect match. And I didn't, I thought maybe it's like too Italian for me to really grasp, you know, because they all talked in circles and they kind of acted in circles and it was all by the seat of their pants, like just kind of like, you know, hey, I'm having an affair and it's all over. Hey, I want you to stop seeing her because we're going to get back together. And he's like, okay. (laughs) I'm mixing up the characters. But we're saying what you're saying and what I agree with is that. Is are Loretta and Ronnie the right match? Loretta and Danny were both are both practical. Johnny older. She didn't Johnny played by Danny Aiello. Oh, <laughs> so yeah, they're older. They're practical. It's not necessarily about love. It's not that she doesn't like him, right? But they're she's being practical and she's also accepted something about what she believes about her luck in life. And then she decides that it's just her luck that then she would then meet the quote unquote man of her dreams just after getting engaged. Yeah, but where are those quotes coming from? No one said that, right? Man of her dreams? Yeah. Well, she says like, oh, I gave up waiting for the right guy. And he's like, why didn't you wait? And she's like, you took too long. So there was some kind of understanding that they, that it was kismet and they were in meant. <sighs> Yeah, she's super superstitious. Everything is bad luck. And and she bases a lot of her life and her decisions on bad luck or just acknowledging that whatever decision she makes, she's going to have bad luck anyway. So what does it matter? But she doesn't believe in curses. I was about to say. Like you have someone you love on that plane? Because I cursed it and I hope it goes into the Atlantic. And I fully expected Loretta to have like a meltdown. And, And I also half expected the movie to kill off Johnny on the plane or in Sicily or something, right? To enable the the Ronnie relationship to last. But nope. He's effectively dead anyway. Like you never thought that dude had a chance. Once he got on the plane, right? And he has that that crazy I don't I don't understand. He's like, I'm calling 
from the deathbed of my mother. And she's like, Johnny, how was your trip? And he's like, she's going. And she's like, tell her before she dies. I think that was just like a cultural thing. That's what I'm saying. Are you saying that that was weird and like insensitive? Uh, This whole movie is a cultural thing, except for the part where Cher isn't Italian. Yeah. I was wondering about this because her Italian accent's really heavy. What was that? I don't know what that was. Oof. Her accent is very heavy. And I was like, is Cher Italian? Like, and then I was like, wait, is Lady Gaga Italian? And I like looked them both up. Yep. Turns out Lady Gaga is, yeah. but Cher isn't. She's Armenian and Cherokee? Native American. Right. The two Oscar winners for playing Italian. Neither was Italian because Olympia Dukakis is Greek. No, <laughs> really? Yep. <laughs> and so it's all about the feel and the rhythm. But I don't know if this was, I don't know if it was written by, like, I don't think so. But it, it was all about, I mean, it felt very culturally Italian, but it may be in a moonstruck kind of 80s, more generalization. I, I think it's kind of a more generalized New York experience. <laughs> I don't know, because we're in California, obviously, and this was not our upbringing. But I more closely identified with the other Italians of Saturday Night Fever from, you know, 10 years before or whatever. And then the <laughs> mom from Saturday Night Fever was in it. Yeah, she was. And she's great, too. Yeah. I think it's because she's just so loving. I mean, it was charming and everything, but it traded on sort of the stereotypes of the Italian family where they sound like they're arguing even when they're not. And they, like, have this family connection even when they don't. Like, it's important to be surrounded by family and to be supported by family. And You know, I'm going to move in here, but I can't because Dad doesn't like Johnny. And Dad's all, like, pissy and stuff and won't pay for the wedding. But he agrees to at the end. I, I mean, does he? Which I th- Maybe like in an Italian kind of way where he's like, ah, and that's like an acquiescence in Italian. Well, the old man, remember when he, <laughs> remember when he feed, when he gets up to feed the dogs the second time, what does Rose say? Old man, give more of my food to those dogs and I'm kicking you something the Sunday or something like that. Like she threatens him at the table and call and fully calls him old man. Yeah. Which is hilarious because he's credited as old man. Is he? Mom does that. Yeah, Theodore Shaliapin Jr. Yeah, he's credited as old man. Anyway, the old man, presumably Cosmo's father, gets Cosmo to agree to pay for the wedding. And then the wedding is called off and then immediately reinstated. So he's on the hook for sure. Moonstruck is definitely an Italian's movie, right? And I'm pretty sure that Norman Jewison or whoever the producers were trucked the old man actor into the pitch meeting. And they were like, he's going to explain what the movie's about. And they asked uh, Charlie Pin Jr. or whatever. Okay, will you tell us? And he's like, the moon brings the woman to the man. And they're like, we love it. Did you love it? No, man, I didn't understand it. I mean, I, sorry, Danny Aiello is kind of consistently a bad guy or a bad guy, uh, a good guy masquerading as a bad guy. Where else does he play bad guy? In Harlem Nights, he's kind of a bad guy. And maybe he wasn't a bad guy in The Pickle. And he plays, a, I guess, a good guy, maybe masquerading as a bad guy in Leon, the professional. And so he proposes, and I'm like, there's no way that's going to happen. And obviously I knew that oily Nicolas Cage was going to show up at some point. But at least Ron, Johnny's a real guy, and Nicolas Cage is kind of like a cartoon character. Nicolas Cage is a fine-looking man, and I'm sure he does it for a lot of women. And probably, in particular, like New York Italian women or something in the 1980s. But I part of what I didn't buy about the Nicolas Cage-Share relationship was that he was 
quite as irresistible as he was depicted to be. Yeah, but is Cher like a drop dead, the drop dead beauty that everyone proclaims her to be for, for half a century? I mean, she's definitely pretty interesting to look at. They try to frump her up at the top with the gray and the fro bun thing she was rocking. Yeah. But she polishes up nice for the opera. Yeah, the opera. I mean, they probably wrote it in and they were like, hey, they're going to go to the opera. And Norman Jewison was like, you can't just, hey, you can't just go to the opera, right? You got to like set up the opera, you know? So do that, set up the opera. And they were like, okay, you got it. Hey, Joe, set up the opera. And Joe's like, what do you mean? He's like, you know, set it up. So they like set up the opera at the beginning and they were constructing the stage and loading the truck into the opera house. Yeah, I was wondering about that. Those trucks are really prominently featured. Yeah, you got to set it up. I mean, literally set it up. You got to put the playbill in the in the light box and you have to show the moving trucks. Joe don't know nothing. Joe don't understand. Uh, okay, so Joe took it really literally. Yep. And we got the setup, but it's not, she didn't work for the opera. She didn't no. work for the bookkeeping office for the opera. In fact, was she like a consultant bookkeeper? I, I don't know. And she just know. like worked for all these different businesses, including. Yeah, did one of them work at a funeral home? Wait a sec. Yes. What is up with that? And he's a genius. He's a genius, and he makes good coffee. Makes good coffee. Like a like a flower arranger for funeral homes? I don't know, man. No, he was a makeup artist, and Who he was, was a genius. The guy, she's doing the books for the guy, and he's a mortician makeup artist, and he was, like, all proud of himself, but he can't keep his books. He can't keep his re- receipts straight. So he gives her a really great opportunity to ch- chide him playfully, while they have a cute little scene over coffee. But what that had to do with anything now that I now that you mention it is kind of beyond me. I think it was just to suggest that she like had all of these she like faithfully did all of her work and delivered the cash to the bank except when she didn't. <laughs> it's it's all confusing. They're sitting down, we're no we know he's gonna propose. It was the worst successful proposal ever put on film, I'm gonna suggest. Why? Cause He's like sitting there and you're like, Danny Aiello and Cher? He's like 15 years older than her. I mean, I actually don't know. Because Cher, in true Cher fashion, could have either been 30 or 60 in this movie. And you just can't tell. But he's like trying to be charming. And you're like, this is weird. And then he's like scratching his head. And it's like, my scalp is not getting enough blood sometimes. And you're like, what? <laughs> And he was just a tick. Yeah. He was trying, and he did not conceal it very well. He's a full thirteen years older than she. I know it. And then he's like, "Loretta, will you marry me?" And she's like, "You want me to marry you right now?" And he's like, "Yeah. What are we talking about here? You know, I asked you to marry me, so I want to know if you'll marry me." And she's like, "You asked me to marry you. I don't know. You know, like I, I gotta think about it." And he's like, "Think about it." Yeah, I think that's what he said. No, she says, where's the ring? You ask a girl to marry her, you got to give her a ring. And then she's like, how about that ring? And he's like, this ring? I like this ring. It's just, it's all circular. I don't understand what's happening. If you go into a proposal, you don't go with the ring promised later. Like, what's the point of the dessert cart and all that stuff if you don't have the ring? Well, Johnny was a practical man, Wes. And if there was a chance that Loretta was going to say no, which I guess he assumed that there would be, you know, you don't go ahead and buy a, a non-refundable ring. But see, this is this is indicative of your lack of understanding for this film because the unexpected way that they interact around the proposal is exactly why this movie is supposed to be charming. Yeah, you mispronounced confusing. Like, was it was his mother dying supposed to be funny? A little bit. 
Is that charming in like an Italian kind of way? I mean, it wasn't supposed to be funny. The lo- His logic was the fact that he was engaged saved her life, miraculously restored her to life on her deathbed. But if he actually went through with the marriage and he wasn't just engaged, then she would die. Was that the premise? I don't know. I mean, that was his Come logic. Come on, Wes. What? I'm saying... You gotta tr- try a little bit. How am I supposed to care if it doesn't make logical it's, this sense? This is not a lo- This is not a movie about logic. This is a movie about... Obviously. <laughs> is it charming? This is... Sure, kinda. I chuckled. And he's like, Chrissy! Bring me the big knife. I'm going to cut my throat. I want you to see it. Blood all over the place. And Chrissy's like, I'm telling you, I'm not going to do it. Like, is he charming? (laughs) I mean, that was a particular bit of black humor or morbid humor. But yeah. Which she thinks is hot. It works, man. Fine. I get it. Moonstruck didn't charm you. I mean, it's they structured the movie very meticulously so that it could all culminate in the, in Rose's kitchen with a Shakespearean level mix up and pairing and weddings and stuff. Like this is Italian Shakespeare. Definitely the poster. Operatic. Quote. This is an Italian Shakespearean operatic oh, comedy. See what you did there? I see you. I see what you did there. You. <laughs> You talked about the opera because they talked about the opera. And because operatic is another way to say melodramatic. You're good, you. And that's where what they were going for. So, you know, it's kind of clever. Cosmo with, was with Mona, but he, he gets back with Rose. And Loretta was with Johnny, but now she's with Ronnie. And the old man served to be our representative in the film. Because when they turned to him to, him to ask how he felt, he said, I'm confused. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was the part that made me laugh. I was like, I feel you, old man. <laughs> So they all think that they know everything that's going on. Cher knows exactly the kind of person that Nicolas Cage is and vice versa, right? Because he's so forward and aggressive and thinks he's got it figured out. Either that or they're like, but they play dumb like all the time. Like, do you think he was actually confused? Gramps? Yeah. Yeah. He knew that Loretta was with Johnny, but then why was he with Ronnie? And he knew that Rose was with Cosmo, but then why was she with Perry? But if it's deplorable or if they think they know everything, but then they do something reprehensible, they can put it off on like, you know, it's not it wasn't my fault. I got moonstruck or whatever. Like only God can point the finger, Loretta. So you're hung up on not only the logic, but the morality behind the story? I'm hung up on the idea. I think that we were supposed to be moonstruck like the characters were and be like, it's romantic because everyone's in love. And even the ones that aren't in love and are having affairs come back together in love. And the brothers that are driven apart, but come back together by love, even though the woman loves the other brother, but it's still love. It's like, it seemed like everyone was supposed to be enchanted and I missed it. A little on the on the nose or a little on the eye with the pizza pie music. Yeah, it happened a lot. When the moon hits your eye like a big pizza pie, that's some more. And then they do random stuff and you're like, what's happening? And the Italians are like, I don't know. It's like they're in love, you know? People do crazy things when they're in love. I got to stop with the accent. Yeah. You really do. They had great Italian family moments, though. I guess you you have to have the loud multi-generational dinner. One pork chop. One. (laughs) That was a Saturday Night Fever reference. We watched the hair. You know, I spent a lot of time on my hair and and you hit it. (laughs) It hits my hair. 
Yeah, we didn't. We didn't. There was no slapping upside of the head. There literally was slapping upside of the head twice, and she's like, "Get over it!" When he's like, "I'm totally in love with you. I'm taking. Oh. I'm gonna take you to the bed." It was like ranked number fifty-four or something on the greatest movie lines of all time. What? I'm gonna take you to the bed? No, get over it. Oh. When he professes his love and smacks him upside the head twice. There was also like a lot of New York, like walking on the street, like walking in New York, walking in New York, like a lot of walking, right? Yeah. A little, lot it, of New York walking. It's strutting. It's strutting. Yeah, because you can tell cool, man. by the way they use their walk. That he's a woman's man? Yeah, no time to talk. You had the tortured love. You had the all the love triangles. You even had like the Italian like Mitra D. What was his name? Uh, Bobo. Uh, go Bobo. The check. <laughs> no Bobo. We're gonna have the fish Bobo. But the, but the devoted bakery lady who loved Nicolas Cage. She was an Italian, right? I'm never gonna get married. I'm never gonna have a bride. And she like loves him, but he's blind to all that. Oh yeah, you mean the one that was like the one that wouldn't give him the knife. Yeah, she was cute. She was way less drama than Cher. She was all right. We even got the Catholic confession. This yep. is all total immersion into the Italian-American New York experience. I mean, but she confesses terrible things. And he's like, that's a pretty big sin, Loretta. And she's like, I know, I know. And he's like, say two prayers and you're all good. <laughs> well, that's how it works. You do a couple of Hail Marys and God takes away your sin. That's I don't, like the beauty I don't, of it. I don't it. know. Sure. You can just be like, it's not me, it's God, it's not me, it's the moon. It's not me, his mother's dying. I can hear a big mouth. I'm wondering if you, did you even track this movie? I had to watch it twice. And let me tell you, the second time I watched it, because you took so long. You're like, I'm going to New York. And I'm like, seriously? And we couldn't record it. And so I had to watch it again as a refresher. Laborious. Really? Impenetrable. Con no. <laughs> I'm confused. The best line of the movie. It's a love story. Name another love story that you love. Name a love story that I love? The Last of the Mohicans. <laughs> that's pretty. That's actually pretty. Talk about being moonstruck. Yep. I walked away from watching The Last of the Mohicans all woozy. Um, so, okay. So what makes The Last of the Mohicans a successful love story and makes moonstruck what I assume you think to be a failure? Absolute and total dedication. You stay alive no matter what occurs, no matter how long it takes, no matter how far I will find you. As if someone came and turned Nicolas Cage's head in this movie, he'd be like, I used to love you, but then I loved her and I took her to the bed. And she's like, what are we talking about here? You know, I got to go back to Johnny. Like it wouldn't have mattered. No one is steadfast in this movie. Everybody's wishy-washy. Well, I can see how this would, re how that would resonate with you. You're a loyal kind of guy you know it so is the difference here then that loretta's arc is learning to be true to herself or loyal to herself and what she actually wants i mean it wasn't the whole point of that i wasn't going to settle again and down again but now i did and now i'm committing and you're coming to the wedding and also dad you're paying for it uh oh something else happened i don't care i don't care take me to the bed i don't care anymore but then the next day, it never happened, and we're never going to see each other again. I can't do that. I love you. I don't know. If we were supposed to be on board, it gave us randomness up top. We didn't know if we were supposed to be, you know, it's Moonstruck. But are we supposed to be encouraging of the Johnny Loretta union or whatever? She said yes, and then she said no, and said yes to Nicolas Cage, and then tried to say no. And then said yes to him, and said no to Johnny. 
And Johnny said yes, but then his mom lived, and so he couldn't say yes, even though he wanted to, so he said no. And then were they the brothers supposed to be on the track where they reconcile, even though he took his bride or whatever? Was that retribution? I thought uh, he was going to cut off Johnny's hand when he got there. I wasn't sure. And I was like, whose side are we on? Because generally for movies like this, it's not quite so random. And we know we can kind of zero in on who we're rooting for. I didn't know who to root for in this movie because <laughs> Nicolas Cage is a bucket of drama. He sure is. And that's why we love him for Nicolas Cage Month, where we examine his, <laughs> his various buckets in which he keeps his drama. That's true. We talked a lot about this movie. We talked a lot about Cher. But we didn't talk about the star of this month's series, Nicolas Cage. I, and I think that this is a perfect segue to kind of my point about this movie, where it's like they're talking about the moon or whatever, and then they talk about the stars. And doesn't someone say maybe it was the old man? Like, you know, those those are perfect. They're like out there. They're ideal. Like they've made some comment about how there's this idea of that thing out there that's perfect, but we're not perfect. We're human. And if you can't get behind the kind of fallibility, volatility, and dramatic nature of humanity, then I think you can't get on for the ride of Moonstruck, which is supposed to be wonder. And hey, you left out accountability. I mean, if you think too hard about it, and if you're not like la bella luna, and you're looking <laughs> and you're like got stars in your eyes or whatever, then I can see how you could have some problems with this. So if it feels like you just missed the boat on it. I didn't get carried away. I will say, however, that be, that this was probably a good selection in our multiple selections for Nicolas Cage month because Nicolas Cage in this movie is very Nicolas Cage. Interesting. And he's also very imperfect. Yep. Do you think he was actually missing his, his tooth? Uh, I think it was kind of just like a like a runt tooth. Huh. But he's like got the baby blues and he's all like hulking and like... He's got that, you know, when sometimes when dudes are kind of wiry, they're kind of like leaned over, like hunched. Yeah, they're feral and they're poised to spring. <laughs> and I'm not really sure what the hand, the whole hand gag was about, but it's a very strategically placed wooden looking glove with the leather, a leather wristlet for some reason. Yeah, I don't to know. To hide, you know, the plastic thing over his fingers or whatever. Yeah, he was looking the wrong way and Johnny came in and he was distracted and he cut his hand off and he blamed it on Johnny and what's done cannot be undone. And that he lost, I lost my hand, I lost my bride thing. I listened to Nicolas Cage talk about his some of his roles and stuff and he was like, yeah, I was all interested in Fritz Lang and Metropolis and German expressionism and that was my homage, if you will, to slang and stuff and i was like really in in moonstruck okay wow well he's also like a full he's like nearly 20 years younger than Cher, too i can't tell he was nicholas cage because and basically you're saying that because he cray cray oh yeah he's cray but we love him because he's cray and i didn't hate nicholas i just didn't understand it wasn't about Cher. it wasn't about olympia dukakis or nicholas cage i think this movie suffered in the execution but only for me, not for anyone else. Oscar award winner and several fronts and people and regarded as a classic. Uh, it, it changed Nicolas Cage's life. Cher said it changed her life, earned her recognition from her peers. She had never won anything peer-based before. Olympia Dukakis said she had no money in the bank and on, on the strength of this, it revolutionized her career or energized it and she was able to send her kids to college. And I was like, really? 
off Moonstruck? Are people still talking about Moonstruck? Because it, as it is worth noting that of the multiple Nicolas Cage movies we have at our disposal for Nicolas Cage month, this is like the only one that's streaming for free? Yeah, man. Only one. HBO Max. But that is our level of dedication to you, the listener. I'm kind of glad, I must say, that I didn't have to pay full dollar value to rent and watch multiple times, I might add, 1987's Moonstruck, which I will give an official whatever rating. All right, well, at least it's not a nope. That wasn't a nope, because, I mean, you know, it's interesting to watch, I guess. And it, it, it even, it, but it doesn't even seem to nestle nicely within the romantic comedy genre. This is a weird, a weird movie. But I didn't hate it. I just didn't understand it. And when the movies are this big and this memorable, you know, 35 years on or whatever, and I don't understand it, then it's always confusing for me. I mean, for a 1987 movie that I had never seen before and that I don't have a lot of cultural context for... I think it really works. I think it's fun. I think it's sweet. I mean, I'm, I think it's a bit of a cautionary tale. You shouldn't get too wrapped up in the craziness of love and romance. I don't know that it's the best idea for Loretta and, and Ronnie to get together, but I can be happy for them. It's okay. If you screw it up, you wait a couple of years, you get over it, you say a couple Hail Marys, and then you're back on the bus. <laughs> wow, that's cruel. Back on the bus? What's wrong with the bus? Her husband got killed by the bus. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Public transport. It's, it's the only way to go in New York. Uh, unless you're walking around on your own two feet, which, you know what? These characters are, they're doing, they're doing themselves. They're doing you. They're doing you. Yeah, they're doing themselves. They're doing them. That's weird. They doing them. We got a whatever from Wes and a good from Iris for Moonstruck from 1987, available on HBO Max. Yet another amazing episode in our Nick Cage Month series. Nick Cage Month. Check out this and other Nick Cage movies at orwhatevermovies.com or wherever you get podcasts. And if you're enjoying Nick Cage Month, why don't you consider subscribing to our podcast and giving us a great rating? And following us on social media at or whatever movies or leaving us a message at 818-835-0473 or whatever movies.com. Thank you for listening to this week's episode on Moonstruck and we'll see you next time. Electric acid. Welcome to Tuning Into Sound Wellbeing, where we harmonize your mind, body and soul. I'm Amanda, your sound therapy expert. And I'm Stephen, the curious explorer uncovering the mysteries of sound. Together we explore vibrations, frequencies and the power of sound therapy and tuning forks. Discover ancient wisdom, reduce stress and tune into a healthier life. Subscribe to Tuning Into Sound Wellbeing today. Hey, it's Tim from 50 Years of Music with 50-Year-Old White Guys, the comedy podcast you had no idea you needed. Join Ben, Jeff, and me as we continue our musical road trip back through the years and around the globe. See, just when you thought all white guys were like Joe Rogan, you come across three educators trying to remember when we were cool. 50 Years of Music with 50-Year-Old White Guys. Electric Acid. Electric Acid.